before that, I had no goal with my training. I didn't know why I was there. Like a lot of parents put their kids in, in practice because it's it's uh, the uh, parent's dream, you know. It's not the kid's dream. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of the, the thing for me at first. But I don't give anyone anything to hate up on, <laughs> I think, yeah. because I'm trying to be a good guy. And so even though it was it was my first loss, I was super happy with my performance. And I just felt like, man, I want to do this again. In today's society, everything is so fast. We want fast results. We want instant gratification, you know. Um, so just having a long-term goal and, like, not uh, rushing things too much, that is key, I think, to become successful, no matter what path you choose. If I get that Conor McGregor money, I will use every last penny to, to like, save this planet and, you know... <laughs> Plant trees, plant a trillion trees, save the rainforest, you know, get rid of the plastics in the ocean. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. Uh, I am super excited to be here today. And as you probably know by now, my mission is to help people like yourself to go after your dreams and hopefully we can give you some tools here on this show so you can level up in your life and create create what you want and not what your mom wants your dad wants your friends wants I kind of ask you the right ask yourself the right questions and go out and create your own life and we all know it's been a challenging year and uh, I think when we face challenges we can also see and learn a lot of things about ourselves and see where the gaps are in our own life and focus on developing them because life is beautiful and life is amazing and I really want you to be able to enjoy that. This week I have a friend of mine, a fellow martial artist and karate practitioner. He is a really cool guy. I I remember seeing him for the first time when we were at the national training. I think it was in 2008 or something. Uh, so we go way back and uh, we've seen each other a couple of times since then. And obviously Oliver and Camp, he has uh, gone on a pretty cool route in his life. Now he's an MMA fighter. He has three consecutive wins in Bellator in exciting fashion. So I'm just excited to have this man who has dedicated his whole life to martial arts. So without further ado, welcome Oliver Enkamp. Thank you very much. That was a great presentation. Yeah, can you just, for people that don't know you, why did you start with martial arts and, and why has it been so attractive to you to, to do this? So I was kind of born into this uh, martial arts environment because both of my parents ran a dojo uh, when I was born, uh, which is a karate um, gym, basically. And uh, my older brother, who's two years older than me, he started training as soon as he could walk. Uh, and uh, I was the, the last one to get on that train. And, uh, you know, the, the dojo became a normal place for me to hang out when I was a kid uh, and I would follow my parents to work more or less uh, and uh, join the training sessions and uh, what I believe it, it gave me most was not only 
like learning how to punch and kick and coordinate your body, which is also great for a kid to to learn uh, no matter what sports you do but also like the traditional values that that came with the karate like respect and discipline and pretty early that gave me like my stamp uh my my label in school you know when we grow up we kind of search our role who am i uh, when we become teenagers and I, I was early like the karate kid in school. So I, I, I really adapted that, you know, uh, title that I had and, and tried to live it in the best way that I could. And to be completely honest, I didn't like karate at all first. And when I was a kid, <laughs> I was super lazy. Like I only wanted to go out and play. So, uh, I would uh, go to the training sessions, but as soon as we had the first water break, I would try to sneak out and hide somewhere and not, not come back into the dojo. Uh, but I think uh, what got me motivated was when uh, I started competing because that gave me a goal. So before that, I had no goal with my training. I didn't know why I was there. Like a lot of parents put their kids in, in practice because it's it's uh, the uh, parents' dream, you know. It's not a kid's dream. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of the, the thing for me at first. But when I got to uh, start compete, I suddenly had a goal, like improving myself for every competition. Yeah, and, and how were you as a kid in, in karate? Were, were you talented or how 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 was you how were you in the beginning so i've never been a physical talent uh, in any way like i was uh, pretty strong when i was a kid but uh, i wasn't especially coordinated or or you know uh, uh, everything really that i have today i have uh, worked for um and uh, my friends also started training like my childhood friends with me so it became more of a you know a thing i want to i want to be with my friends we all go to the practice together uh, but i've never been a competitive person at all so <clears throat> i didn't like to compete because often it creates like a little hostile environment you know and i didn't even want that with with anyone so uh I, I like the, the fact in karate that you, you kind of have this mindset that you compete with yourself. Uh, you are your biggest enemy. So you want to progress and get better and better with every competition. And, and I did both kumite, which is point fighting, and kata, which is forms. And uh, um, I think kata was my, my best, um, uh, what do you call uh, I was better at kata than kumite at first, yeah. so uh, so I really kind of put more emphasis on that for a long while <clears throat> uh, when I was a teenager up to the up to high school, and uh, and the fact that I didn't have to compete with anyone else but myself that was like a real good uh, motivation for me. So I could only I only had myself to to. Uh, and, you know, if if it didn't go my way, it was my fault. Yeah. It was no one else in the team I could blame or I didn't have to, like, bring another team down. So I was never into team sports, really. Yeah. And and how did you overcome that fact? Like, uh, you went into fighting eventually. And how did you overcome that kind of fear of competing? But also, hey, now you have to be in this 
hostile environment when somebody wants to win over you physically yeah so <clears throat> that's like we say often that martial arts is a if a, is a lifelong journey and it has really been like uh, a lot of ups and downs <clears throat> until now uh, and i'm 29 years old and i've been doing martial arts since i was like four or five maybe uh, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> you really like grow into the process of of competing because as i said i didn't like uh, the competition environment first felt hostile to me uh, but what got me to do it was i could focus on myself and not on anyone else and just becoming better in my art so i had a, the approach of an artist doing it more than a competitor or an athlete uh, and I've always been into art in different forms. Like I, I love music. When I was a kid, I loved drawing and painting and writing stories and like everything uh, basically that's art has attracted me. Uh, and martial arts is another way of expressing yourself, right? You create your own fighting style with what you got, like your genetics and the strength and weaknesses. Uh, and the whole approach of like... Um, getting better and and finding out your weaknesses that whole uh, journey is super exciting to me so <clears throat> i always kept my focus on myself and and the process goals not the res results so winning or losing was never the important thing but like uh, for example, there was maybe a technique that i really would want to score with a point with in the, this competition in if I did that, that was a win to me. So I learned something, you know, and then maybe I lost the competition, but I still learned that move or the tactic that I wanted to apply in this fight. Uh, and so I kept my motivation through ups and downs all the way. But what eventually got me to mixed martial arts or MMA uh, from karate was it's a very subjective sport, especially kata, the forms like... <clears throat> I might think that I, I did better, but the judges thought the other guy did better because maybe they favor his style over mine, but some other judge would have scored it differently. And the, the kumite, the point fighting, it was also so many rules and felt like every year they, they applied new rules. Like now you can only grab the other guy's gi for three seconds before it was five seconds, you know. And so I, I got all these uh, warnings and disqualifications, like you kick too low. No, you did a round punch to the head. You can only do straight punches. And, and all of this felt so restricting to me. Like I couldn't use my, my body in, in a free way, you know. So I started training kickboxing as like cross training when I was around 15. Uh, and when I was 18... I was allowed in Swedish rules to, to compete in kickboxing. So I tried it. And uh, then I saw Leoro Machida, who was uh, uh, fighting in the UFC. Uh, and he used his karate very effectively against these boxers and wrestlers and kickboxers, you know. And he became the champion uh, that year in the light heavyweight division. And that sparked something in me like, oh, wow, maybe I can use my karate like approach to go after this and become a mixed martial artist, you know, and learn all the skills. Uh, so 
the year after, it was 2009, <clears throat> I attended a Swedish seminar called um, MMA Academy. Um, and uh, that was like, like a summer camp um, for mixed martial arts. So they brought in the best trainers in different disciplines. We had Martin Liedberg, who is an Olympic wrestler. We had uh, uh, George Scott, who is an Olympic boxer. Uh, Jürgen Krut, who is a, a world champion Thai boxer. Uh, Omar Buish, who is a Swedish MMA pioneer, who is also my head coach today. Uh, and uh, the last one, I think there was five trainers, four or five. Anyway, so uh, I was there for like five days in this uh, summer camp and I didn't know what to expect. Like I thought I was great at fighting because I had a black belt in karate and I had been doing this my whole life. And then after the first day of the, the seminar, I had learned like clinching and knees and takedowns and scrambles and submissions. And I remember just running back to my room because we had these rooms. You slept there for, for five days. And I uh, called my brother up like, oh, you can't believe this. Like, there's so much to learn. Like, we're total beginners. <laughs> and that's really motivating to me. Like, learning new things is the best thing I know. I know a lot of people hate being bad at stuff. Uh, because uh, they like, you know, they like to win. But me not being a competitive person, that is a real fuel to me. Like, oh, I'm a beginner. I'm going to progress so fast in this. Uh, so so I remember uh, calling him and, and telling him, like, when I get home, we have to start to train this. And then uh, I, I looked up the trainers that had been uh, the instructors of the camp. And uh, Omar Buish, he, he opened up the first MMA gym in Stockholm in the 90s. Uh, so I went to his gym and started learning uh, the, the complete art of fighting over there. Uh, and that's when I realized, like, man, this, this black belt doesn't mean I know shit about fighting. It means I'm good at, at karate, you know, but there's two different things. And I didn't know that uh, before. So, so... Uh, to make a long story shorter, <laughs> I, I started to uh, delve into all these different aspects of, of MMA, like wrestling and submissions. And uh, that got me to travel all over the world. Like I visited uh, uh, Thailand for two months after I graduated high school to learn the Thai clinch and the elbows and knees incorporate that. I, I went over to the States for several uh, uh, on several occasions. Uh, both to like Florida to train with American top team and to to California to train in San Diego with the uh, Alliance Training Center and and also later to LA to train with the Lyoto Machida himself who was the reason I got started. So uh, basically, I I flew all over the world. Like every time there came a summer or a winter break, I would. Uh, get a ticket somewhere i didn't know anyone i would go there i would train for a few a few weeks come back with the, a lot of new techniques and kind of like form everything into my fighting style and and uh, like my coach omar has always been like the center uh, that i come back to and like i realize what works what doesn't work because in my opinion he's he's the best trainer in the world because uh, he knows it all so so for me it's it's been uh, that, that has been the whole motivation going from karate to MMA, like becoming a complete martial artist and never, ever stop growing. Just keep learning because it's, a, as I said before, it's a lifelong journey. 
I love that. And I love your, when you're talking about it, this, you sound so excited. <laughs> and I think a, a lot of people, you know, if you're good at something, let's take an easy example. Okay. You're a black belt in karate. Uh, now all of a sudden you have this ego mm. that you need to be a good fighter, right? Right. Or it can be in any any given field, and then you go to see something else, and most people shy away because they are have the fear of looking bad, looking like a beginner, because they're supposed to have all their shit together, right? right. Uh, but but I love your approach that hey, I'm gonna progress so fast. So can we just talk a little bit more about that? Because mm. I think I can learn a lot from that, and and also our our audience. How how do you really incorporate that? Because there's also a ego like hey i i used to be a national champion or right, I'm, right. I'm i'm supposed to be good at this yeah so in in uh, <clears throat> traditional japanese martial arts there's a mindset they call it shoshin which means beginner's mind uh, and uh, that's an approach that uh, you can apply to anything in life really <clears throat> and uh, I think the second you think you're great at something is the, also the second you stop evolving in it. Uh, so I've always tried to have that beginner's mindset in everything I do. Uh, and my first big realization was at that MMA camp when I came there as a black belt in karate. And I was, uh, I think, yeah, uh, we had already met there because this was 2009 and I came into the yeah. the national team as a junior in 2008. So I was like a national team athlete and I had a black belt and I've been doing this my whole life. And then I realized like, man, I know nothing. This, uh, this uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys can just take me down and choke me out, you know. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I think that was a big, like pivot point for me uh, and as I said like uh, uh, when you start something new when you're a beginner you progress so fast like percentage wise you start a, a complete new activity can be art drawing a new language anything uh, learning something uh, you you maybe get 100% or 200% better every time uh, and that's really motivating you know seeing the improvement and then when you have done something for maybe 10 20 years you can be, be glad to improve like half a percent every time you go train you know because you're already so good uh, but having that beginner mindset and trying to find your weaknesses because that what you, that's what you can improve most upon. Um, that has been my approach. And and I don't know how, how it works for someone else, but it's really motivating for me to in, in feel constant improvement, you know. And MMA is such a diverse sport. So if I feel I'm stagnating in my wrestling, like nothing is happening, I'm, I'm on a plateau, uh, I can... I can go and focus on boxing for a few weeks and I can find new uh, things to improve in my boxing. And then maybe I feel nothing is happening in the boxing. I go back to submission wrestling for a while. You know, there's always something to work on. Not, not to speak about like cage fighting, like actually wrestling and using the cage as a, as a tool. That's like a complete art in itself. And there's no, 
separate martial art that trains just this aspect. So, so in a sense, like uh, we're all beginners in MMA because it's uh, such a young sport. If you compare it to wrestling or boxing, have been in the Olympics for I don't know how many hundreds of years, uh, but. Uh, like the the old Greeks did those uh, competed in those events, but like MMA, we're still seeing new trends emerge every year. Like someone starts to to throw straight kicks to the knee, suddenly everyone does that, and then uh, someone starts to like trap your hands on the ground to br- break your posture and punch you. Now this becomes a trend and everyone starts doing that. Then we have leg locks. That was the shit to know for a while. You know, there's always these trends uh, passing on. And, and uh, you know, that makes it such a fun sport to follow because everyone's getting better with every year. Yeah. And uh, Oliver, how do you deal with criticism and critique? Because uh, I, I know uh, during during the years you've had a lot of criticism and critique. And like, how have you been able to deal with that? I think uh, a lot of times you you get what you reflect, so to speak. So uh, having the approach of being best at everything and uh, uh, having a cocky approach and telling everyone what you're going to do with your opponent, you know, uh, that's going to come back so much harder if it doesn't go your way. Uh, so someone like Conor McGregor using that, you know, whole approach might have a harder time dealing with haters and stuff. Um, and I realized like, that's not me. I can't try to have that kind of persona because it's not true to myself. So <clears throat> I don't know. I just try to to be a, a good guy, good role model uh, because that's what feels right to me. So uh, when I realize like I don't need to follow anyone else's tracks, I create my own tracks and and just be a humble guy. I received lot lots of less you know haters and stuff because they realize you're not trying to be someone who who you're not uh so in the past few years i i believe i have so so many supporters and and like i get so much nice messages for every fight uh before and after um and that's that has really been like a, a big turning point i think like when you show your true colors, you're not going to receive a lot of hate. Um, but for example, I, I, I can tell my my brother, he runs a huge YouTube channel and he has over 100,000 of, of subscribers. So he gets a lot of more of that hate than I do. And uh, what he taught me is <laughs> don't read the comments, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> there's a good saying like, don't wrestle with the pig because you're gonna get dirty and the pig just likes it <laughs> so if you can <laughs> relate that to the haters don't uh, they want you to you know start to to uh, get angry and uh, yeah. and fight them back but don't do it because you're gonna feel worse and you're just fueling their fire so so he just deletes uh, the comments and i i when I got some some haters uh, back when when I was signed to the UFC uh, that didn't feel I belonged there, uh, at first I started replying to everyone because 
I got emotional, like, why do you say that? What do you think that, you know? But then I realized, man, yeah. that, that just gives them more fuel to attack. So I just deleted the comments. <laughs> that was a great tip from him. Uh, but then uh, now, today, I, I don't receive uh, much haters because I don't give anyone anything to hate up on, <laughs> I think, yeah. because I'm trying to be a good guy. Awesome. And let's talk about that. You had a seven fight win streak undefeated, and then you get uh, uh, drafted to the UFC. How, how, how did that feel? And uh, how, how was it as far as mindset going into to fight is the same sport, but it's a completely different arena. Yeah. That was the most transforming two weeks of my life because, you know, the UFC is, is like, the pinnacle of the sport there more people probably know what ufc is than the term mma you know uh, and so i had been a professional for four years um, and i had seven straight uh, wins um, with zero losses and every fighter that starts to train imagines themselves being at the top you know fighting for the UFC one day and I, I had that vision like further in the future and then suddenly the UFC comes to my hometown of Stockholm and a Norwegian fighter uh, gets injured has to pull out on a two-week notice and my manager calls me from the United States and says like you can get a shot uh, to fight in your hometown in two weeks. It's this guy, he's, um, he's a veteran in the sport. He's been fighting for a long time. He, had, he was 10 years older than me. And uh, it's like, uh, you don't, he said like, you only get this kind of chance once in a lifetime, you know? So I guess I didn't feel completely ready for this because suddenly was here, the opportunity I had been working for my whole career, but I saw it so much further, uh, you know, years later in my, in my career. Uh, but I thought, okay, maybe this chance will never come around again. So I said, yes, I signed the contract. And those two weeks was, a roller coaster of emotions <clears throat> because I was gonna fight in the Ericsson Globe, which which is a very iconic arena here in in Stockholm, and um, and I had built up a lot of hype among Swedish fans because I was undefeated and had a pretty entertaining fighting style and and I was a you know young up and comer, <clears throat> so everyone here wanted to see me win you know and, and do good in the UFC and. Um, and at first, like, uh, I was so stressed out because I had a super dangerous opponent. I didn't want to make a bad first impression. And uh, all the expectation from the fans and the media started to, to build up, you know. Uh, and so every day was a real struggle with the emotions. Like, I had this intense feeling that... I, I didn't want to be alone. So I felt I had to surround myself with uh, other uh, people, my family, my friends. Uh, suddenly I was scared to be alone. And I, I've never, ever experienced that before because I like to be by myself. But it was, this was something different. 
uh, it felt like I was going to war, like, uh, I, or I've never been to war, but I can imagine it's the same kind of anxiety that you feel. Um, so I had a lot of uh, help from my, my kickboxing coach, who is, uh, who is great at mental training and uh, to deal with pressure. Uh, and we did a lot of visualization, like uh, uh, having my headphones on and imagining myself walking out to the fight in the uh, globe arena seeing my opponent we would we would do this like guided meditations almost and um, to make me more comfortable with the whole scenario and so when the first week uh, of my training camp was done i did two sessions a day trained as much as i I could uh, during that short time frame, just like uh, boosting my my uh, cardio, my VO2 max. Um, then everything like released in the when the fight week rolled in. It was Monday. We had like a media day. Wow, I felt so good, and I was so happy to be there. You know, uh, I had a new suit that a sponsor uh, bought me, uh, and I went to to the media day. I felt great. You know, I could size my opponent up and see him for the first time, and all anxiety ran away because I felt like, wow, uh, I'm so privileged to be here i should enjoy this moment i shouldn't fear it i i need to uh, like be in the here and now because this is going to be over in, in just a week and i will look back at it like what happened so i really tried to to uh, you know cherish the moment and uh, <clears throat> when the fight night came uh, it felt like i had done that hundreds of times already because of of all the visualization and mental training. So I had basically no, no nerves at all. Like my, my heart rate was like a resting, a resting heart rate. And uh, <clears throat> my brother came with me and filmed everything so I can still relive that moment. He is walking in with me with a camera behind my shoulder and I can see like 10,000 Swedish fans standing up in their seats and my name sp spinning around the Ericsson Globe. It, it still gives me goosebumps to this day. Uh, and I just felt so proud of that performance because of what I had gone through emotionally and also did my best physically to prepare in that short time frame. And so even though it was, it was my first loss, I was super happy with my performance and I just felt like, man, I want to do this again. So that was like one of the biggest moments, craziest moments for sure in my lifetime. <laughs> I love I love your mindset, Oliver, and I think this is something that we need to approach more in life because, uh, I mean, you're around athletes and and high performers all the time. I, me too, and I I see this a lot of times. People shy away from from the best opportunities because mm. of their own fears, yeah. right? Of looking good or uh, fearing fearing failure. Yeah. How? What do you want to say to those people out there? They're kind of their biggest opponent themselves, just mm. like you were for that week, but you, yeah. you turn it around, which was great. But most people, it gets worse, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why people throw up on the day of the competition. They don't, they don't enjoy the moment and then their career is over. And even if they accomplish something, they're still not happy because it was just a struggle. Mm. And we don't want to go through life as a struggle, right? Sure. We want to enjoy it. 
Yeah, so <clears throat> a big inspiration of mine is Will Smith. And he said, like, uh, the best things in life are on the other side of fear. And I can tell by experience now that this is true. And uh, knowing that and also having a good team supporting you, I think, is super important. Because if I wouldn't have had such a great team of coaches and my family and my training partners, I don't know if I would have pulled that off. Uh, maybe I would have but ran into a punch and got knocked out because I would have been so, you know, tensed up. I don't know. But uh, as I said, like I went in there with such joy and, and uh, could really enjoy the moment. And I think a lot of that had to do with the support I achieved and also not to forget the mental training because <clears throat> what you say to yourself becomes your, reality if you you can see it in your your mind then you can achieve it in in reality so self-talk is super important not only for big performances but in everyday life if you focus on negative stuff like oh my say my knee hurts and you you walk around and and uh, nag about your knee you know Okay, you just you're just uh, telling yourself you, your knee is gonna hurt. So for me, my mindset has always been to focus on the positive. Like, what what knee injury? I don't have any knee injury. I feel fine, and I tell myself I'm strong, I'm healthy, I'm happy every day, and that becomes something my body believes in. Uh, so I think positive self-talk is super important. So you can hype yourself up, even if you don't believe in it. Fake it until you make it. You know. Uh, I, I had to tell myself for a long time that I'm a great fighter. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm strong. I have great cardio. Uh, and I just kept telling myself this. And it sounded fake uh, because I, I didn't have the confidence really to, to, to believe in myself. Uh, but I kept telling myself this over and over and over. And, and after a while, it became my new normal. It became a reality. Um, so I think this is something that people really should should use. Um, your mind is a super strong tool. It's free. You don't need anyone else to, to tell you you're bad. Uh, you know, positive thinking gets you uh, a long way. And if you don't believe it, keep doing it. And eventually your body is going to adapt and it's going to become reality. Yeah, and, and one thing that I love, I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing well because you're one of those uh, guys that, you know, I remember when we went to that camp the first time in 2008 and uh, you remind me a lot about myself. I wasn't really that good. I was a little bit weird. Uh, funky and uh, people never thought anything special about me but and and I, I remember that with you as well but here we are like 12 years later instead of focusing on that you have been doing the work every day yeah. and I mean it all goes back to the 10,000 hour rule you don't have to be the cockiest have the best physique or the most beautiful or have the linguistics or know it all or come from a rich family or whatever yeah. limiting belief you're putting in your head. You just need to do the work. And 
people that are seeing you now, they're like, oh, super cool. He comes up three straight wins, submissions, uh, knockouts in, in Bellator. But we have to see and go back to this guy who has dedicated his life to doing all those small small steps. So first off, congrats. Uh, super, super happy to see that. It actually shows that if we look at some of the best performers in the world, it is guys like you, like you're doing your thing every day and it adds up. Uh, so if you're listening right now and you're like, hey, I don't have the talent, I don't have the means, I don't have that. You don't need any of that shit. You only need to, you know, put in 10 years and do something yeah. every day. Yeah. You're going to be pretty good, right? True. Yeah. Persistence is number one and patience. Actually, this this is the logo of my of my uh, martial art gym and you can see there's a little kanji it's a little sign in there a uh, japanese calligraphy yeah. it's pronounced nin n i n nin and it means like nin. Uh, persistence perseverance like uh, steady improvement and just like you said like putting in the work like every day becoming one percent better uh, and i think a lot of people don't have the patience for that because in today's society everything is so fast we want fast results we want instant gratification you know um, so just having a long-term goal and like not uh, rushing things too much that is key i think to become successful no matter what path you choose yeah let's talk about mindset uh, so second fight in the ufc after a while you get caught without really getting a, a a real shot right in a in a way because the first fight was two week no notice with the veteran and then uh second fight like how did that feel uh, were you were you angry were you upset and how how did that affect your confidence yeah so so that was in 2018 <clears throat> the year after my debut and uh, i had this uh, this viewpoint that i wanted to be a karate fighter in mma i wanted to represent karate and have that style uh, which limited me in so many ways because there's as I said before, so much to learn. You have two arms and two legs. Use them to the best of your ability instead of putting yourself in a box. Uh, so <clears throat> I did a lot of mistakes uh, based on that belief that I wanted my fighting style to look a certain way uh, instead of doing what's best. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I, um, I... I walked into a punch it, it was um in my opinion an early stoppage because it's what you call a flash knockout like my lights went out for a split second but i was conscious before i hit the floor again and i pulled him into my guard and suddenly the the referee was on top of me and waved the fight off and i remember just being completely empty afterwards there was no anger. There was no sadness. It, I was just empty. I had no words because I had had like a three-month training camp. That was the longest I've had for any fight. Uh, and I felt so prepared. Um, and suddenly it was over, you know. And I felt like I didn't get the chance to show what I was capable of. Uh, because it ended so quickly and I 
I didn't even like started going, you know, uh, getting into my flow, my groove, so to speak. Like uh, I wanted at least a second round to to start to show what, what I could do. Um, and so I didn't know what to say or or feel or think. I was just completely hollow, you know, uh, empty. And uh, the UFC decided to to um, cut me from the rooster because uh, during that period uh, there was a shift, I think, in the owners. Uh, the UFC got bought, and they had a lot of fighters, and they cut a lot of contracts. Uh, so they re- released a lot of fighters during that uh, time period. And I was one of those who had to go because there was a lot of fighters that want to come in to the UFC, obviously. So they wanted less fighters. Uh, so it was bad timing for me. But fortunately, uh, Bellator MMA, uh, arguably the UFC's biggest competitor, um, was interested and they caught me up. Um, so the year after that fight, I signed a contract with Bellator, and uh, I had a very successful debut there. And now I'm three fights in, uh, and all are first round finishes. And I haven't had any easy opponent. Uh, it's been like veterans and uh, straight up killers. Uh, so I've really been able to prove uh, not only to uh, my 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 supporters and fans but also mostly to myself that i am still developing and evolving like 10 years into the sport uh, i i started in 2009 when i was talking about that mma summer camp and now it's 2020 you know that's that's 11 years into the sport and i still feel like i'm getting so much better with every year and my progress has gone even faster after that uc debut and i think because i really got to feel firsthand what it is at the top level of the sport like the elite of the elites and i i i had that realization what i need to know and learn to fight at this level uh, and a lot of things that i couldn't have learned before it wasn't time for that because my own understanding of of fighting uh, wasn't that uh, high uh, so i feel in the last couple of years I've I've uh, evolved ten times as fast as my first years as a pro, uh, which is kind of backwards what it's usually at, you know. And I feel Oliver of today would wipe the floor with Oliver who made his UFC debut in 2017. It's like night and day. I'm a totally different fighter, uh, and a lot of that has to do with uh, also uh, adapting the the idea of having no style, like doing everything, uh, not having any restrictions, saying I'm just this type of fighter, I want to do these types of techniques, but learning everything, having no boundaries, like being formless, more or less. A plus, like water. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's super cool. And I think this is also a good lesson for people to also take a leap of faith because like, even if, even when you lose, you win, right? Because you get experience. Mm. And it's all about that journey of exploring yourself. And I remember when I used to compete in karate, you know, sometimes we went to these big tournaments with 
the best of the best and it was so hard but then when when you came back you learned so much and the next competition everything like i remember next time i i fought on a national level everything felt so slow and i all of a sudden i could see everything right so i think it's important to challenge yourself and and that that's how you grow uh how do you how do you deal with that because you're in that you're in a sport where it's important to challenge yourself, but having a good fight record and also you're you're basically in there with someone that wants to rip your head off. So you also have to be cautious with that. Like, how do you deal with taking risks and taking good fights, but also, you know, developing in, in a good pace? Yeah, so <clears throat> I was kind of... Uh progressing at a steady rate like going up in in slowly in, in the rankings and in the level of of competition that i faced uh, when i from from my first amateur fight until my my uh, seventh professional fight and then it was like a sudden leap when i was thrown into the sharks in the ufc you know and the level got so much higher higher so uh i had to adapt basically um and um learning learning by doing uh and i believe it's important in in a sport uh like like mma uh when the stakes are so high like you can't do any small mistakes because it might get you knocked out, you know, um, learning to be razor sharp, uh, at, at the time you step in there, um, is so many things combined to make that happen. You know, not only you have to be extremely physically prepared, you gotta have the techniques in all the aspects of fighting, wrestling and, and, um, striking and and all of this Uh, you have to have great cardio with a mix of great strength and endurance and explosiveness and then the mental aspect of it all and because i see a lot of fighters they are great in the gym they are like world champions wow the technique you know flawless execution but then when they compete they're they look like beginners and it's all in here, you know, because they put up too much pressure on themselves. Maybe they have uh, a lot of uh, a lot to win or lose. Maybe the fighting is their only income. Uh, so if they lose, they get half their salary, and they have to live on that for several months. Maybe they have families and and other people uh, that depend on them. Uh, so. I think uh, you have to try to... Is that a good or a bad thing? Is that a good or a bad thing to have that pressure? I think it depends on how you are as a person. Because personally, I don't have to fight. Uh, I don't have a family that needs the money or kids or anything. I'm doing this just... Uh, for myself to grow as an individual so I don't have that pressure Uh, and to me uh, that means like if I lose uh, no big deal Uh, but to really perform at my best I learned I need some pressure because 
that fuels me and really puts me on my edge. But someone who has that pressure because of a lot of obligations, uh, maybe it it, uh, freezes them and they're not uh, able to perform as well as they do in the gym. So I think it's this is very individual, depending on your background and your motivation of why you're fighting or competing in whatever sport you're doing. Uh, so a good coach has to find that. Like some some fighters need to be calmed down, relaxed, do visualization, maybe meditate before a fight. And some fighters like me maybe need a slap in the face to get going, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah. when when I realize that I need that my performance gets so much better with a little pressure, I started to trash talk in my head. It's so unnatural to me, but it was a way of firing myself up. So I would start to go into this other persona, this fighting mentality, uh, where I I tell myself things in my head like I'm going to rip this guy apart. You know, it feels so unnatural. So I could never say it out loud. Uh, but but that really fuels my 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 fire and, and gets me so much better. And, and this is a process you need to learn for yourself by just hours and hours and going to compete. And that's also for MMA why it's important to do, I think, a lot of amateur fights because that's that's where you get your experience. Uh, you need to challenge yourself when it really counts because you can't simulate that in a, in a safe environment of your dojo or your gym when you're sparring with your friends because you know they want your best. So you need to spar or compete with someone who really wants to win to get that out of you and that's also why it's good to to compete in in anything you can say it might be grappling or or boxing or for me like when when the the covid uh, situation came along here i hadn't competed in a long while i did the last event uh, uh, that Bellator held in Dublin uh, february 22nd of this year and in the middle of summer I was like, man, when are they going to start with the competitions again? I need to to find something that scares me now. So I went skydiving. <laughs> I I jumped out of an airplane from 4,000 meters because that was like something that got me out of my comfort zone, something completely new and frightening. So I had to use my, my long experience of competing in this scenario now instead. I'm I'm curious. Um, I think how do you adopt your mindset when you are you're a competitor, you're an athlete, but you're also going into like a war basically when someone wants to knock you out. And and I'm curious because I competed in karate for many years, but basically I I maybe had a a mindset that it was a war, but I never really. I always knew that it's not that dangerous, right? Mm. But one time it was a competition, World Shotokan Championships, and every medalist had to go to a grand, uh, like open division with no gloves. Wow. So I did that once. And I remember the fear that set in me when I did that. Mm. But also when I got on the mat that day, I have never been sharper in my life. 
I could hear everything. I could see everything. And I was, because it was now the stakes were much higher. So I'm just curious, like, do you feel the same thing if you compare to competing in running or karate Mm. or kickboxing to when you actually go into a, a cage? I think uh, anything that you do for a certain amount of time is eventually going to become your comfort zone. So anything that's unexpected or new to you, it's going to get you out of the comfort zone. And and that's what I can relate to, to what you just said there. Um, so for me, uh, now fighting... So see, in, in, in Swedish MMA, we have like a great staircase so to speak uh, you start with the amateur mma in b class which means there's no punches on the ground you can only grapple so if you feel afraid uh, of standing and banging with your opponent you can just grab him or sit down on the floor and he can't punch you anymore okay so eventually that's going to become somewhat comfortable for you when you have done like 10 fights so then you can take a next step which is a class which mean which means you add another round and you can suddenly start ground and pounding, but you have these pretty big gloves and you have shin guards and stuff. Um, so after that, you turn professional and that that's when the protection gear comes off. So you have this steady like increase in, in danger. Uh, and I think you have to get comfortable inside like what you're doing uh, enough to be able to perform at your highest because only when we're we're relaxed that's i believe when we can be our best in the flow state it's that kind of uh, middle ground between being super alert and being super relaxed you can't go to one side or the other because if you're super alert, you're super stressed, you know, uh, you, you're going to uh, gas yourself out. If you're too relaxed, you're not going to uh, uh, have the reaction time, you know, if someone explodes at you. So finding that middle ground is super important. And I think you need to have that, uh, just have that experience. Uh, and uh, if it's too easy, uh, or if you're too comfortable, that means the level's too low. You know, it's too easy for you. You need to to push the competition up. And if it's too hard, you're uh, you you gotta get uh, demotivated because you're only gonna lose. So um, mm-hmm. in a sport like MMA, which is very individual, you still need a good team that can push you enough. So having the training partners at your level or a little bit higher to to sometimes succeed and sometimes feel like man i should have done that this or that better uh, that's how you find that you know peak performance i, I believe awesome uh, i have two more questions and then i'll let you go so one uh, w- where do you see yourself with like how long are you going to fight and like what's your main and big biggest goal that you have that has changed over the years as i've matured and realized what's really important in life Um, and my goal when I started uh, was just to see how good can I become because I've I've been doing this since I was born and I just want to see as an artist how how good art can I create with my you know with my craft 
Uh, and then, you know, I started competing. Uh, I started winning after having losing for 10 years. I started winning suddenly. Uh, I became a Swedish champion in amateur MMA. Uh, I defended my title the next year. I became professional, started racking up these wins. And I that got, gave me the, the confidence to believe maybe I can create a career out of this and become a UFC fighter or a Bellator fighter or, you know, someone at the top level of the sport. And eventually I got there with hard work and dedication. And that's when you start to think about like, maybe I can get that title and, and such. But over the years, I realized that's not important to me because I'm not a natural born competitor. Um, and I'd much rather spread a good message than being just a good fighter, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Conor McGregor, for example, because we talked about him before. Is he a good role model? very arguable right uh, but i believe with such a big platform you can really make this world a better place and that gives my own egotistic training you know because i'm fighting for myself right not for anyone else i don't have anyone to depend on i don't have to win to get uh, fight money to to raise a family or anything so to me it's uh, fighting is is pretty you know, ego, because it's about me and my own uh, de development. So I want to use this platform for something bigger than myself. And I believe if I can get really good at this, I'm going to get people's eyes and ears and I can really spread a good message. And I believe we need in this, these crazy times, we need more love and not more, you know, trash talk and, uh, and the hate and you know look at me i'm the best um, and even if i would try that it wouldn't come out naturally because it's not true to my nature uh, and having a good message uh, gives me much much more motivation it feels like it gives my life a, um, a bigger purpose you know uh, instead of just going to the gym fighting for a few uh, hours and then go and compete and that's it you know it feels like i'm i'm actually fighting to make this world a better place because the more the better i get the more people are going to listen to me and the more i can be a good role model and show what i believe is important in, the, in this life you know helping others if i get that conor mcgregor money i will use every last penny to to like save this planet and you know <laughs> Plant trees, plant a trillion trees, save the rainforest, you know, get rid of the plastics in the ocean. <clears throat> and that's kind of my motivation today. I don't care about belts and titles or who I beat. You know, I was born into this uh, environment. I didn't choose it, but I'm trying to make the best out of it. I love that. And final question. Oliver, what do you want to say to people listening to this? Uh, what's your message and what can they, how can they use that to start getting closer to their dreams today? Because that's what we're all about. This conversation has been amazing, but if you guys out there listening and watching this aren't taking action, then we, we wouldn't even need to record it. Me and Oliver could have had a great time <laughs> by ourselves. So, I mean, uh, what, what would you want to tell tell everybody 
So there's been a lot of good things we've been talking about, like Shoshin having a beginner's mindset and <clears throat> not focusing on the results, but the process and all of this. But if there's one takeaway message uh, <clears throat> that I want to spread to people, it's try to be your best self. And only you know what that means, because maybe you're not into MMA or karate or whatever, but whatever you're doing, I think you, you need to find your passion because that's what you will do best. Something that you truly love doing from your heart, not what anyone else tells you you should do, uh, but what you really enjoy doing. That's what you will become best at. And if you become really good at something, you'll get, as I said, for me, you will, you will get people's eyes and ears and you can be in, an inspiration and really make an impact in their lives too. And I've seen this firsthand also with my brother's YouTube channel, like he's created this great community and it's so much support and love. And these people find, you know, they find each other from two different parts of the world and, and, you know, they can really make an improvement in, in each other's lives because they, they find like another family an extended family, you know, and everyone maybe doesn't have that. So whoever you are and whatever you do, try to be the best person of yourself because it, it will spread ripples on the water and, and you will inspire other people to do the same, which, you know, collectively will make this planet a, a, a nicer place to be with more love. And, and, you know, that's, that's the most important thing I believe. I love that. And uh, again, a big fan, you're such a great guy and grateful for, for you and all the help you've done for me as well. You, yeah, you, when you were here visiting, you let me come with you guys and train with Yoda Machida. Cool. Yeah. Had him on the show a couple of times and become friends. So I appreciate everything you're doing. And if people want to connect with you, uh, what's the best way? Uh, you can find me on social media, Oliver and Camp. Everything put together. Um, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my homepage is olivernkamp.com uh, you can email me there if you have any questions collaborations whatever um, yeah so that's basically it and I try to 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 answer anyone who, who wants to get a hold of me so even though I'm, I'm pretty busy I will give you my attention if you have uh, any questions so Thanks. We appreciate that. And I want to thank you all that are still here, you know, in this day and age, uh, one, one hour in is a long time where most people tend to have a less attention span than a goldfish, which is about <laughs> three seconds. True. So we appreciate you guys. And know if you're here, I think Tom Bill, you said that it's about 2% of the world population that are interested in this type of long format, you know, deeper conversations. And uh, I want to connect with you guys. I love that you're on a journey. So please check us out at ilovesuccess.co. We have more than 200 of these amazing conversations. And I'm just humbled that I get to, you know, share that with you and have these conversations. Also, please reach out to me at Peter Jumrukowski or info at ilsuccess.com. 
I want to hear about your dreams. I want to hear about what you're struggling with and what you're, what you like, what you want to achieve in your life. Also, this is all free. The only thing I ask you to do is share this with somebody that can benefit from this conversation. Maybe give us a review on iTunes so more people can find us or check us out on YouTube. Uh, that's it for today. Thank you guys and see you next week.